0: What's up, everybody? This is John Odermatt, the host of Felony Friday. And before we get rolling into today's show, I want to take a quick moment to talk about coffee. That's right, coffee. The Lions of Liberty, we have partnered up with Anarcho Coffee and we are selling our very own coffee. It's called the Morning Roar. It is a medium dark roast that has cupping notes of lemon-lime, caramel, black pepper, and brown sugar. It is delicious. You can pick up some of this coffee by going to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. We have a a way there on your first purchase. You can get 10% off, but if you join the pride for $10 and up, you can actually get more than that. You can get 15% off every single order. Buy some coffee, support the Lions of Liberty, support another great libertarian company as well. Everybody wins. LionsofLiberty.com/coffee.
1: Welcome to Felony Friday. A
0: presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, Felony Friday, the only show where each and every week we focus on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. Today on Felony Friday, got a unique episode, something I've never done before. Going to be speaking with Roe Clausen. She is the wife of a, uh, a guy, of her husband, who is serving 213 years, a 213-year sentence in federal prison. So we're going to talk with her and everything from how she deals with that. Um, being in a relationship with someone in prison, um, how you get a 213-year sentence, what happens there, and how possibly uh, her husband, Adam, can get out much, much earlier. So I'll introduce Roe in just a minute. Before I do that, I just want to remind you that this is one of three shows, one of our three formats on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We have our format every Monday, that show is hosted by Mark Clare. It is our flagship program where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. He'll host some uh, debates, some back and forths on uh, controversial topics. And on every Wednesday, we have our show hosted by Brian McWilliams. It is your weekly shot of culture, Comedy and Liberty Brian's doing a great job with that show. Definitely check that out. And every Friday, of course, Phony Friday, you can get all three of these shows in your, your podcast feed by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get, the, get each show magically delivered to that little phone in your pocket and just plug those earbuds in. Or maybe you have a Bluetooth Bluetooth earbuds or Bluetooth headphones. You don't even need to plug them in just shows up on your phone, you sync it up, and you hit play, and bam, beautiful Lions of Liberty playing in your ears. It's magical. 2019, it's a great time to be alive, guys. This week's episode, Felony Friday, is the 179th episode, which means the show notes page can be found at lionsofliberty.com FF179. Let's start the interview. My guest today on Felony Friday is Roe Clausen. Since 2001, Roe's husband, Adam, has been serving a 213-year sentence in federal prison. Uh, Roe has decided to use her experience to help others, help others to avoid the pain uh, that she has felt while figuring out uh, you know, how to deal with having a husband serving this much time in prison. Roe has a YouTube channel called Strong Prison Wives where she makes videos in relation to being a strong prison wife. Uh, she shares crazy visit stories, how-tos, Q&As, visit outfits, lifestyle hacks, reviews, vlogs, interviews and live streams. Ro, welcome to Felony Friday.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and we were talking in the pre-show chat. You are the first Prison wife that I've had on the show, so my audience is used to hearing from, you know, people who've been through the system and, and getting that angle of it. But you know, I think it's just as important, especially for we have, I have a lot of listeners out there who have loved ones who are in prison, to hear from somebody who is uh, who's living through that, living through having their husband uh, locked up in a federal prison. So, uh, good place to start. Where I start with most of my guests before we get into. You know, talking about your YouTube channel and actually talking about your husband, what he's serving time for, all of that. Um, let's just start with some, some general background on you so my audience can sort of start to relate to you. So if you could just tell, tell us where you're from, where you grew up, just general, general stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so I'm from New Jersey, and you'll be able to tell from my crazy New Jersey drawl accent that I can't get rid of and I hate Um, originally I'm from Long Island, which that accident is a million times worse. And sometimes you'll hear that come out too. Um, but basically lived in the suburbs. I went to school in North Carolina at the university of North Carolina at Wilmington. And then I moved back to Jersey and I've been here the rest of my life.
0: Okay. And, um, your husband obviously is serving long sentence in prison. We'll get into the details on that. So how did you meet your husband?
1: Adam and I knew each other when we were younger and then um, he went away to prison. This isn't his first, unfortunately, he's a recidivist. It's not his first prison sentence. So he went away to prison and I went away to college and we lost touch. So by the time he had gone out, I had moved on. I had a different boyfriend. He had different girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I came home from college. And um, honestly, I just, I thought about him every now and again, but I never thought to reach out or anything like that. So I had no idea that he had gone back to prison until about ten years later, when a mutual friend had gotten us back in touch, and um, so we got back in touch while he was inside of prison. He, it was about two thousand and nine when we got back in touch, mm-hmm. um, and we've been together since.
0: So you guys knew each other first in high school. Did did you date in high school? And
1: uh, here and there, but not really seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. He spent, what, four four years in prison or so, you said, to start out with in his first, his first time he was in prison?
1: He wound up getting out on parole and he served about okay. three.
0: And yep. what, what was that for? Robbery. That was for robbery. Yeah. Um, and so you didn't know him at the time when he got his, his second sentence or you, you, didn't, you weren't uh, dating him at we the weren't. time or, or weren't together, right?
1: Correct. Yep, we weren't in touch at that point.
0: So can you just take me? So how did you get back in touch? Or you just you just heard that he was in prison and reached out to him? Or
1: yeah, we had a mutual friend that got us back in touch and um, connected us through email because in the federal prison system Mm -hmm. they have an email system called Corelinks, and so they're able to add an email address. It gets approved, and then you can communicate via email basically back and forth. It's not instant. Like we have it out here. There was about a two hour delay, but he added me to his core account and we started communicating through Mm -hmm. email and then that turned into phone calls and then that turned into visits and it kind of just organically grew from there.
0: So probably a lot of people out there are wondering, so you started dating him while he was in prison. Um, Did you have any reservations about that At, at the time thinking back? Were you you know, were you concerned uh, what people would think or like, what did you have any yeah reservations?
1: Yeah, of course. And it's funny. I just shot a video for my YouTube channel, which I just need to make a correction. I accidentally changed my name on YouTube <laughs> because <laughs> I was trying to, I had to send a professional email and I didn't want it to come from the prison wife. I wanted it to come from my name. And I didn't realize if I changed it on my Gmail, it would also change it on my YouTube channel. And I can't change it back for a while. But that's okay because I kind of like it. So it's just people search Strong Prison Wives. It's a dead channel. There is a channel, but there are no videos on there, maybe one. Um, it's That's my nonprofit organization is Strong Prison Wives and Families. And we have social media a social media presence everywhere as, at Strong Prison Wives or... Um, families.com is our website, but my YouTube channel is actually just under my name, Roe Clawson. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I I guess I didn't notice that. I was on it today. Um, I don't know how I found it, but yeah, it it came up and and your videos were there. So I guess I just searched your name. I can't remember.
1: It could be, or if you search prison wife, a lot of my videos pop up right at the top. Right. But anyway, so I just filmed a YouTube video about that exact situation what you're asking about. And of course I had reservations and all of my friends had reservations and all of my Mm -hmm. family had reservations because it's not a normal situation to get yourself into. And I remember at this time I had gone to visit and then right afterwards I was talking to one of my friends and she asked me how visit went and I was like, it was great. And then I started to get really emotional and she goes, if it was great, why are you crying? What's wrong? And I said, because this is like a huge joke from God or the universe or whatever that He's perfect for me. It's like a day had never passed. It was like the best date I had ever been on, but it was in a prison visiting room and it was somebody who was stuck there for the rest of his life. Now, let me just clarify and say Mm -hmm. that, Adam, we can get into his sentence in a a minute, but nobody was hurt physically during his crime. They actually stacked mandatory minimum sentences on top of each other unjustly. So there's about 3,000 people that have been sentenced under the same law that he was sentenced under. So it's not like, and, and I don't mean this against anybody, I don't judge anybody, but I wasn't you know, going after somebody who had serious violence on their record or serious mm-hmm. you know, manslaughter or any kind of homicide charges or anything against children. And not to take away from the fact that his crime was extremely serious, and Adam did deserve to do time and a whole chunk of time, but the largest amount of time that he should have been able to get under the guideline range for his crime was it was actually zero to 20 years. So the max, if he had tons of criminal history points, should have been 20 years. But like I said, they stacked all of these charges on top of one another to kind of use it as this little dangle this little weapon to get him Mm -hmm. to cooperate and take the government's plea which he didn't want to do and he took his case to trial and he um wound up losing he basically got punished by the government for going to trial so I say that to say that it was such an unfair thing I think that kind of helped open my heart to say he's a wonderful person Mm -hmm. he did not deserve this And anything that any of my friends or my family would say to me, they would, I would tell them back, you're not telling me something that I haven't thought about 10 Mm. times over. You know, these are things like I'm taking a risk for once in my life, I'm following my heart. And that dear friend who was actually a bit younger than me at that point, who I was talking to after that first visit told me, she said, listen, she said, you need to follow your heart. You always do what everybody wants you to do you always do everything for everyone else. Whatever that looks like, you need to follow your heart and you need to go with it for as long as your heart's invested. And that's what I decided to do. No expectations. He had no expectations. And we just took it one day at a time. And of course, it's been so long. We still take it one day at a time, but I don't see myself walking away. And we're fighting every single day to get the sentence overturned. And of course, we have, it was, it took a while, but we have, about four or five avenues open right now at this moment to potentially get him home, hopefully pretty okay.
0: soon. Let's talk about some of those, but, but first I just want to just talk about just criticism in general for a minute. Yeah. And this is like some of the most intense criticism because, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's probably, it's probably fair to say that this particular situation, probably most people would criticize it, but you know, just criticism in general, it's like a, it's sort of like a mirror. That people hold up to sort of justify their own opinions. So most people can never even imagine being in the situation that you're in, right? So they are just assuming if they were in that situation that they would react in a certain way. They would never put them put themselves in that situation. They could never, you know, fall in love with someone in prison, any of those things. So just by criticizing, they're saying, "Oh yeah, I'm right." Okay, that's that's good. Then they hear other people criticizing, it just sort of snowballs from there.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And kind of on the flip side with my husband on the inside, people tell him all the time, I don't know how you take, how you do that, how you were able to take that sentence and remain so positive. He started a life coaching program for other inmates while he was in there. He was actually part of him and another inmate reached out to the dean of a life coaching academy and they were able to have her shape a program That was specifically for people in prison, and they were part of this very first class that went through. And so now what he does is he developed this whole entire program in conjunction with that school, with that organization, and he helps guys learn, get that skill, life coach each other while they're in there, and then now they have this skill where they can go out into the free world when they're done, and they can start at $100 an hour. That's basically what life coaches start at. So he has been so positive. He just takes everything in stride. He sees the silver lining in everything where other people who are basically critics say, oh, I would have ended a long time ago. I would have done this. I would have done that. Mm -hmm. And sure, until you're walking a mile in somebody's shoes, it's very easy to say that. And same with my relationship. You can't understand unless you're in my shoes. And that's really why I developed my organization, Strong Prison Wives and Families, because there, there really was nothing out there to support people who are going through what I went through for so long. And you feel lonely and you feel judged and you feel ostracized and you spend nights and weekends and sometimes holidays and special occasions alone, or you get invitations to weddings or parties and you decline because it's, gut-wrenching to have mm-hmm. to be able to do those things either by yourself or field 5,000 questions about where your loved one is. So I developed the organization to let everybody know that they're not alone and to help them avoid the pain and the hardship that I felt for all of those years that I was doing it by myself. So yes, it's easy to judge and it's easy to throw shade at one another, but really you should try to see the good in people mm-hmm. and not judge one another.
0: Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea that he was doing the life coaching program, but, you know, I tell people all the time and, you know, you said, we'll talk about those avenues that he can hopefully get out eventually. But most people who are in prison are going to get out eventually. And, you know, a lot of people think of prison as, you know, it should be tough in there on them. It should be terrible conditions. Who cares? You know, that they... they they made a mistake. Even if even if people generally disagree with a certain law, they say, "Well, the law is there. They broke it. You know, send them to prison." But at the end of the day, people are going to get out. I mean, don't you want them to be actually rehabilitated and be better when they come out and not pick up bad habits and uh, you know really <laughs> go uh, criminology one hundred and one while they're in prison? But uh, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir.
1: Yeah, but- and you know what? It's really sad because. Public perception is that whole three hots and a cot and, oh, I want to go to jail because I don't have to pay rent and you get three meals a day. And people, I think, have this that's – that's what the government puts out there. That's what the state puts out there mm-hmm. because it's good guys, bad guys. We're keeping you safe. We're keeping these criminals off the street, which to an extent, of course, I believe in prison. I believe that people need to go and get rehabilitated. What the public doesn't realize is – it has turned into such corruption. There is very rehabili- very little rehabilitation on the inside, unless the inmate does it on his or her own. That's really sad. I recently did a YouTube um, collaboration on my channel with a man named Brian Bruton, who actually served 11 years in a Florida state prison, and he was talking to me about all of the crazy corruption that happened on the inside that he saw with his own eyes, and it was mind-blowing to me, somebody who's lived this every day for over 10 years. So it's very different. The public sees something very, very differently than those of us who are involved in justice.
0: Absolutely. So let's backtrack for a minute here and talk about um, the crime that Adam committed. So you talked about the, the stacking of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the sentences. And I think I heard you mention the actual statute in the first step act of the of that crime can no longer be stacked going forward, but it didn't impact Adam retroactively. Right. Correct. Or at least not yet, but can you just kind of share exactly, you know, what the crime was and how he, you know, how those different uh, sentences stacked upon each other.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Adam was 23 years old when he committed his crime. And I just want to reiterate that Adam deserved to do time and he deserved mm-hmm. to do a chunk of time. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, Oh, he should get off or he should have gotten off with a light sentence. No, he absolutely needed to be there. He wouldn't be the man that he is today without going to prison. But 213 years, eh. So when he was 23 years old, he committed a string of robberies. In his young, immature mind, he figured robbing criminals wasn't really that bad. Now, of course, at 43 years old, he understands that robbing anybody is wrong, and it's absolutely something that deserves punishment. Mm-hmm. So at 23, he did these robberies. There were nine of them. Um, he robbed nine illegal est- establishments. And he was charged with under a law called Hobbs Act robbery. Now, his, if his case was charged in the state, which it should have been, he would have gotten eight to 12 years. But the feds came in. And then they took over his case because he was living in South Jersey at the time and committed mm-hmm. his crimes in the city of Philadelphia. So he carried the money over state lines. Therefore, the federal government was able to come in and charge him. They were able to take over this case. And that's what happened. And so they said to him, listen, because you had a gun in your possession, in your pocket, it was not brandished. It was never discharged. Again, very serious matter. Mm -hmm. But because it was on him, they were allowed to add this enhancement where the first offense was five years. And then at the second and every subsequent expense was another 25 years and then wow. 25 years and 25 years. And it's actually the only law in the U.S. Constitution that's written where the charges need to be stacked on top of each other and run consecutively one after one one after another versus concurrently where they can lump them all together and just give them a 25 year sentence. So it was eight years for the Hobbs Act for the underlying crime, Mm -hmm. plus five years for the first robbery with the gun, and then 25 plus 25 plus 25. And it created this 213 year sentence, basically, because he chose to go to trial, they asked him to cooperate, they asked him to tell a story about a man he didn't even know, because he was not willing to do that. And never in a million years thought that he would get a life sentence for nine robberies. He decided to go to trial, and he wound up getting punished.
0: What did his uh, did his fellow uh, co defendants? Did, did they take plea deals, or what happened with them?
1: So he had two co defendants that got zero time. They cooperated. He had what? one that, um, yep, he had one that got acquitted on a few of the charges. So he did ten years. He's out. He's so successful now. He's doing amazing. And then there was one more that I believe he got eighty years.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just incredible, and uh, so it, it's it's so crazy to think too, it. This is all just you know Philadelphia and South Jersey, and people that don't know Philadelphia, South Jersey is basically a part of Philadelphia, isn't it? Is that fair to say? Being mm-hmm. a, I mean, I I went to Penn State, and I have a lot of friends from the Philly Jersey area. I've spent, spent some time there, and half the time you don't know where you are. I mean, if what state you're in, but. You cross a bridge, you're in Jersey. But uh,
1: Exactly. And it, Adam and I always joke because I'm from North Jersey, he's from South Jersey. So mm-hmm. I say the city, I'm talking about New York City. He says the city and he was talking about Philadelphia because like right. he said, it's right there. That's their backyard.
0: That's amazing. Uh, so you talked about a couple different avenues that he could uh, get a sentence reduced or maybe get clemency or a pardon or something like that possibly. So what are those different options for him?
1: So like you said, there's clemency. We're hoping for that. That's our, basically our moonshot because mm-hmm. the president has to sign off on his petition for his mercy. And then right now there is a case going through the Supreme Court where, um, okay, so in 2016, there was a case, Johnson versus the United States, where this man, Mr. Johnson, challenged the terminology crime of violence In the statute that he was sentenced under, which was 924E, the the Armed Career Criminal Act, Adam is sentenced under 924C, which is the firearm statute. So in 924E, in the Johnson case, they came back and they said, yes, crime of violence is too vague because violence to you might mean something completely different than violence means to me. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court said, yes, everybody on 924E either was resentenced Sent home, we're all like, yes, Adam's coming home because it's the same terminology. A couple years later, this was last year in April 2018, another case came through, Damaya versus the United States. Damaya was an immigration case, but it was um, same terminology in there. Crime of violence was challenged for being too vague and the statute was 16B that they were challenging. 16B is used interchangeably with 924C, the statute Adam was sentenced mm-hmm. under the government said, yes, you're right, too, too big, done. So those people were starting to get out, and we were all like, yes. So people who were sentenced under the same law as Adam, nine twenty four c started filing appeals under DeMaya. Mm-hmm. A few people started getting out. Every district district started ruling differently. Some districts said no. Some districts mm-hmm. said, of course, those people were getting out. So because there was such discrepancy, the Supreme Court picked up another case, U.S. versus Davis. Oral arguments for Davis were in April, and now we're waiting for the Supreme Court's decision. Davis is a 924C-specific case challenging the terminology crime of wow. violence. So uh, oral, I'm sorry, the opinions are handed down every Monday. There's only three Mondays left in June before the end of the session, so we're hoping we're going to hear something within the next couple of weeks, and then go from there. We are nowhere near out of the woods, but if it's a favorable decision for us, then we'll be able to take the next step and hopefully get him time served. If for all intents and purposes for this mm-hmm. interview. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's a couple of other things that I can't really talk about yet because they're in the early stages and it's legal yeah. and you know how that goes, but there's about two or three other things that we're exploring right now
0: too. So how much time has he served on this sentence then?
1: In February, it was 19 years.
0: Oh wow. Okay. That is a long time. It's a long That's time. A, un- unbelievable that, uh, Unbelievable in this country that we even have 213 year sentences. Just, I think I remember hearing you in another interview, or maybe it was on one of your uh, one of your YouTube's talking about how one of the jurors actually said if they knew that he was going to spend this much time in prison, that she wouldn't have convicted.
1: Yeah. So. so- A lot of people don't know this, but the jury is not aware of how much time a person will be sentenced to, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. alter their decision. But yeah, in Adam's case, a juror came back afterwards and said exactly what he just said, no, if I had known, there's no way this man deserves a life sentence for this. And he's not the only one. His case isn't the only case sentenced under 924C where a juror has come back or even the judge has said, I don't want to do this. Actually, mm-hmm. there's a famous 924C case. The man was named uh, Weldon
0: Angelos. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he's, been, he's been on this show.
1: Oh, he has. So <laughs> you know well, so you know his case very well. His yeah. judge stepped down, Paul Cassell, because he said, I don't want to sentence this man for three minor marijuana deals because there was such a small mm-hmm. amount of marijuana. And he had a gun, I believe, you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but in an ankle holster. And he didn't even show it. The only reason mm-hmm. why they knew he had that gun is because they were set up and he was talking about it to the informants that he sold these three um, small marijuana deals to. And he wound up getting 55 years and the judge felt so bad. He gave him one day for his underlying crime and then stepped down. He said, this is so unfair. And thankfully president Obama was able to uh, negate Weldon's sentence. I don't know exactly what happened there legally, but Mm. um, that's what we're trying to do as well. And he's become kind of a spokesperson For 924C because he was basically the poster boy while he was inside for how unfair this is.
0: Yeah. And he's, and he has a lot of influence within the, uh, the rap community being Mm -hmm. with That's what he was doing. Yeah. Before it wasn't like he was primarily selling drugs at the time. He was a pretty big time producer, I think, uh, uh, at the time that he was arrested. Um, so let's, let's talk about your YouTube channel and, Strong Prison Wives. So how did you, you, what motivated you to start this YouTube channel? What motivated you to, I don't know if you're the founding member of Strong Prison Wives or what, how the organization set up, but how did that all come about?
1: So I was going through this for a few years and I just felt like nobody understood me. I decided I wanted to search online one day to see if there was anybody out there who was going through what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And this was back in 2011. And the things I found basically lived to this stigma were kind of glorifying and glamorizing street life and dating a criminal and all of this stuff. And I just thought, I, we can do so much better than this. There mm. has to be something better out there. And I couldn't find it, so I created it. So what I did at that point was I started making YouTube videos. I started my channel, and I searched online, and I found this woman who was running a small little, back at that time, it was a blogger blog, and at the time there were, it was really popular to ask people to guest author on your blog. So I reached out to her and I said, I'd love to guest author for you, and we developed a friendship. And then we decided to kind of merge. She was a writer, she actually worked for a magazine at the time, and I was doing my YouTube videos at the time. So we combined forces and we co-founded what's now Strong Prison Wives, or what was at the point Strong Prison Wives. Her husband, at that time, was waiting to be sentenced. He was in a New Jersey prison. She was actually in Idaho, and he was waiting for federal charges of felon in possession, which is usually an automatic mandatory 10 years. So, we did this. We did this for about nine months together. During that time, he was they dropped all the charges against him, and he was awarded an early release. He went home, she immediately got pregnant, she was doing it here and there, but she wound up having her baby as early as you can have a baby. I think it was like 24 or 26 weeks that they could survive, but he was so ill. His lungs were barely developed. Oh, wow. She wound up having to quit her job. Yeah, it was terrible. He's, <clears throat> he's wonderful. now. He's was a beautiful, I think, four-year-old boy. He's doing great. But at that point, it was day to day. They didn't know if he was going to make it. So she called me up one day and she said, Ro, listen, she said, I have to step away. I have to take care of my baby. I don't have time for this. She said- You can do whatever you want to do with it. She said, you can pull it all down or you can keep going, but I just can't help. And I said, I get it. No problem. That night I was actually in the hotel room because my husband is, um, he's at a facility six hours away from my home. So I have to drive the night before, get a hotel room and stay there. And I had gotten some hate on a couple of my YouTube videos, you know, oh, she's just like the rest of them. She's crazy. Those are the nice things that I could say publicly. So I, I, got I, some-
0: I can imagine the the comment section on YouTube is the, it's the worst, but
1: it's the worst. I mean, and I can say I'm very blessed because for all the hate I've gotten, I've gotten probably triple quadruple, if not more the positive comments, you know, our mm-hmm. mind, we just get stuck on the negative. Right. But that night I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm doing this all for nothing and I'm getting torn apart. So I went to bed and I woke up the next, next morning and I was like, nope. This needs to keep going. It's bigger than me. These people need this. We all need to be there for each other. Not only am I going to keep going, I'm going to incorporate as a nonprofit because that was the next logical step. We were growing like 500 members a day at that point. Wow. So, yep, we incorporated as a nonprofit. I added N families because at that point we started getting mothers and we started getting husbands and we started getting pen pals and friends and other types of family members. So it became Strong prison Wives and Families. That was back in 2015, and we've just been growing and going ever since. So in about 2012, I work a full-time job, corporate America, and I do this all on the side of my spare time, which is very, very limited. So, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't talk about my my relationship at work because Mm -hmm. I've been at my job for a really long time, and I need that job to be able to go visit my husband. I have accrued a lot of vacation days. I use those vacation days to drive out to Pennsylvania as well as... I need to pay the bills. I mean, I'm the mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the only person making money in, in mm-hmm. our household. So, um, I was confronted by a coworker who found my YouTube channel and my life her boyfriend, and so I got scared and I decided to play small and I pulled down all of my videos because did she threat
0: Did she threaten you or something, or you just got spooked a little bit? I
1: got yeah. spooked. There was no yeah. threat. In fact. I pulled them out in the hallway and I was like, you need to knock this off. It's none of your business and it needs to die here before this goes to HR. And to be honest, they were just being gossipy. It wasn't any kind of threat or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I was just afraid because I had been involved in this community that I built for so long that I heard of people who lost their job for other things right after people found out that they were involved with somebody who was incarcerated. So Mm -hmm. I was really nervous about potentially losing my job. So, anyway, they knocked it off. Nobody's ever said a word to me about it since. But this last summer, I was working with somebody who was helping me with my marketing, and he had all of my passwords to everything. And he said, It's time for you to stop playing small. And he took, I think I only had about 300, 350 videos on YouTube at that point. They were all just made private, and he made them all public. He goes, Go, keep going. And that's what I did. And I've been on fire ever since. And Mm -hmm. I post three times a day. I post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll do a live video a couple times a week, if not once a week in between.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, you have an incredible amount. I don't know how many there were, but I was just scrolling through your library. There are a lot of content there. Yeah. Um, And yeah, can you just talk through some of, I know I mentioned in my intro, some of the, you know, some of your most popular videos, but um, you know there's some real useful stuff for people who, have a loved one um, serving time in prison, you know, some things to look out for. So if you just want to give some, give some ones for people to check out.
1: Of course. So a lot of my most watched videos are things about policy and procedure, what to where to visit, what not to where to visit. um, My most number one watch video is things that you should send, like how to spice up, spice up your letters and make them not just, you know, here's my day because it kind of gets monotonous, right? So you Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and you go to work and then you have to, go home and feed the kids and take care of the house. You go back to sleep, you rinse, you repeat. So it's hard to find things to write in a letter because you feel like you're doing the same thing on a hamster wheel every single day.
0: Right. And you don't want it to become a chore either. I mean, you don't want it to be like, oh, I got to write another letter, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. So I made a video about things to spice that up. And then I just did one the other day about um, gifts that you could give to your loved one because we're very limited. So we have all of those kind of how-to Videos And then I have question and answers. I get tons of questions all day long. And then I have what I call, you know, hacks, like um, Mm -hmm. prison hacks, things that they do on the inside to make their lives easier, because the most resourceful people on this planet are people inside of prison because they are so limited. Mm -hmm. So Hacks for not only them, but us like, um, an app that I use every single time I go to visit, I use Google keep and I have a checklist in there of what to bring when I'm packing just to make it faster and easier. So I share stuff like that. Um, my gosh, you name it. Sometimes I'll just do video vlogs. They love, the girls love those just kind of at the peak into my life. And mm-hmm. it's basically the mentality of if she can do it and she's been doing it for so long and he has such a long time, and she's so positive. Then what's my excuse? And that's not me patting myself on the back. I get that comment almost every single day.
0: So, obviously, you're fighting for for Adam to get out early. Hopefully, he does. Hope you could find out something, you know, next Monday. Very positive. Hope, hopefully, you do. Um, it, have you taken your? I mean, have you taken yourself mentally through? You know, what if he doesn't? get out um you know so how, how do you how do you cope with those kinds of thoughts
1: yeah of course i have i mean it's this huge roller coaster so believe it or not we were pushing for clemency in 20 what was that 2016 with president obama that big push mm-hmm. and we got word that adam's petition made it to joe biden the vice president's desk so that was the last and final step that it needed to get through before it was approved and unfortunately we just ran out of time so it was this huge emotional roller coaster adam said it was worse to experience that than it was to experience trial and getting his sentence so um at that point it was this really high high like he's coming home he was packing his bags we were getting ready and then these really low lows and that's Mm. how it's been ever since we started getting little glimpses of him potentially coming out because up until 2011, there was nothing, there was no kind of reform. There were no eyes on this. And ever since then it's kind of become mainstream. And now you've celebrities yeah. like Kim Kardashian and John Legend and Alicia Keys getting on board because it's so mass incarceration is just an epidemic in our country at this point. So yeah, I do think about when he, you know, when I'm having those low, low points, if he will never come home and, we've kind of implemented this rule, this rule across strong prison wives and families that we take it in 24-hour chunks, 24 hours at a time. And if you're just depressed, you have bad news, you lost an appeal, something like that, you have 24 hours to wallow in it, then you're done. You have to get up the next oh day. God. You have to go to work. You have to face your responsibilities. You have to put on your big girl pants, and you got to go because it, it's not going to make everything better. It's not going to make that black cloud look come over your head mm-hmm. But eventually that black cloud will lift from over your head because if you sink into that depression, it's just going to get worse and deeper and deeper and deeper and it's going to be harder to climb yourself up out of it. So that's what I do. I take it in 24 hour chunks. And if I ever wake up one day and my heart changes or something changes, I don't foresee that it's been so long, but that's something that I will talk through with him because that's another thing that I talk about all the time in my community. The only way that you will successf- successfully survive a prison relationship is one hundred percent open, honest, and constant mm-hmm. communication with that person on the inside, and that's what we live by
0: yeah, hundred percent I mean it's like the <clears throat> it's like a long distance relationship on on steroids yeah, <laughs> it's making it even <laughs> even more limitations but yeah. uh and I want to thank you for being so generous with your time here. Before I let you go, if you could just tell people, once again, where they can find your YouTube channel. Um, there's also a, a website where Adam's case is outlined, right? If you could mention that. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, remember sure. the name. And, uh, yeah. and anything else you got?
1: Of course. Yeah. So my YouTube channel is just my name. First name Ro, R-O, last name Claussen, C-L-A-U-S i N I'd love to see over there. It's like my favorite thing in the world to do is crazy. I love making YouTube videos. I love being able to use my experience to help people, you know, to kind of like I was saying it the other day, like I kind of can help mold you because it gives a purpose to my experience. It allows me to not become bitter and resentful Mm -hmm. against a system that stole my husband away from me unjustly. So what I could do is I can mold you and then kind of give you your wings and help you fly. And then when you do, it is so rewarding to me. So I'd love to see over there, the uh, website that we have for my nonprofit, Strong Prison Wives and Families is www.strongprisonwivesandfamilies.com. That's spelled out A-N-D. And then Adam's family, I'm sorry, Adam's website is helpfreeadam.com. And then parting words is if you find yourself going through this, you are so much stronger than you know, and you will uncover a strength that you never knew existed within you. Don't listen to anybody else. Listen to people who count. So if somebody is telling you all of these red flags and you know in your gut that those red flags are there and you're choosing to ignore them because, oh, he's hot or he's telling me all these amazing things about myself or making me all of these promises, but you know in your mind and in your gut that it's wrong, then you need to reevaluate and walk away. But if it's just naysayers and people that don't have a say in your life, they just want to talk crap about you, ignore them, put on your blinders. And you could do this one day at a time, 24-hour chunks. You've got this. Me and I have a team of volunteers. We have 15 women who volunteer with me are so happy to help you through this. Just reach out to us and we're there for you. And you could also email me if you kind of are in the closet and don't want to be public on social media. It's strongprisonwives at gmail.com.
0: Okay, awesome. Roe Clausen, thank you so much for coming on Felony Friday.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I want to thank Roe Clausen for coming on today's show, sharing her stories, sharing everything that she is doing to help people, to help individuals, to help husbands, wives, family members, um, get through the difficult time of dealing with a loved one serving time in prison. I think Roe brings a very unique perspective and, you know, I really admire, you know, just the way she approaches the entire situation, her honesty, um, and straightforward nature in, in talking about this. So really do hope to hear some positive news on her husband, Adam, soon. Hopefully it could be as soon as uh, on Monday that we hear something in a positive direction for Adam getting out. So let's keep our fingers crossed on that. And, you know, one thing I, I didn't get a chance to uh, to talk about during the interview, with it, but I did want to bring up, but I didn't, get a, I didn't get a minute to talk about it. But I think it's interesting in the times that we live in, Um, You know, Roe was talking about criminal justice reform and how it's picked up steam and definitely has. I mean, he started with Obama and it's carried over and just built incredible momentum under Trump. I think it's very interesting, very telling that one of the only things that everyone is united on, Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, people who are apathetic to politics – Almost everyone out there, unless they're living under a rock, is united on the fact that our criminal justice system is completely screwed up. People are spending way too much time in prison. They're spending time in prison for victimless crimes, for you know, crimes that are that are nonviolent, spending way too much time. That makes no sense at all that our system in itself is not rehabilitating people, not helping people, not giving them skills, not giving them the ability to hit the ground running when they get out to add value to society. Everyone agrees on this. That is so <laughs> incredible for how divisive the, uh, the, conversation, the conversation is right now in this country that there can be such a unified front on criminal justice reform. So it will not surprise me if we continue, and I pray and I hope for continued massive changes. We, we have really haven't had massive changes. We need massive changes to the criminal justice system. So there's hope going forward. You know, you guys can get involved. You can help out by uh, sharing this show by visiting uh, Rose's YouTube channel. I'll link to it on the show notes page, lionsofliberty.com FF179. You can find all her links there. Support her, share her. Um, content as well and uh, tell your friends tell your friends to check this show out to check out the lines of liberty and to subscribe to this podcast and if you like what you hear if you've been a long-time listener please consider supporting us financially becoming a patron go to patreon.com slash lines of liberty and with that i am done for the day guys thank you so much for listening please enjoy your weekend have a safe weekend this is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is a liberty burning.